This is your place for all things Detroit Red Wings and all things Chicago Blackhawks. With your hosts, Jordan Linscott, David Barnhouse, Nick LePage, and Tim Stampanato. This is the Stickblade Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Stick Blade Podcast. It's your place for all things Detroit Red Wings, all things Chicago Blackhawks, the news around the NHL. The NHL All-Star break is going on this coming week. Basically, there's not going to be no games really at all this week for us to talk about. The NHL tries to do their whole skills competition, best play against the best with the best style game. So they give a lot of the players a break for that weekend. I'm your host for tonight, Jordan Scott. I'm joined by my co-hosts, Tim Stampanato, David Barnhouse, and Nicola Page. Everybody, welcome to the show. Like I said, this is your place for all things Red Wings, all things Blackhawks. But with that being said, there's not really a ton of news for the Wings this week. It's been a slow week for the Wings, except for the fact that, well, they're still the Red Wings. <laughs> the Blackhawks, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like a two-part discussion that we're going to be having. Um, Bo Horvat got traded from the Vancouver Canucks to the New York Islanders and it kind of set the trade market for like the superstar caliber players this, this upcoming trade deadline and Patrick Kane's going to be in that discussion so kind of talking you know what are the Hawks probably looking at for a return for him just based on what the market looks like it's going to be setting out. Speaking of superstar player acquisitions I just want to say before the show started we once again did a free agency signing period and uh, I once again, you know, lucked out and got myself Braden Point. So, you know, that's you. really cool. Like you can talk all day about Braden Point, but I did pick up the best mustache in the league with Stuart Skinner. And <laughs> I also got myself an actual NHL goalie. So like who really won this draw? <laughs> Me. Yeah, no, you, but <laughs> I'm coming for you. Come on. God, I just want to know. I just want to know, Nick, when he goes back to the pile, the the, the next card on the pile is Connor McDavid. That would just be the best. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. When I went when I went back in there and like now when when I now when I went back in there, but like picked up the cards and I did a little gloss back. It wasn't McDavid, so no worries. You guys would have been done. Let's let's jump on into this, boys. Yeah, we just spent an hour doing a card draft that should have taken fifteen minutes, but uh, I'm ready to rate it. Yeah, I'm about. not. I'm not a videographer, guys. I'm not a videographer. <laughs> you did your best, and we're all proud of you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. So, I feel like the only way we can really talk about the Hawks piece of news is by first, weirdly enough, going over the Bo Horvat trade, right? So, for anyone who hasn't really been paying attention to what's going on around the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks traded Bo Horvat to the New York Islanders in exchange for um who is it? Bovillier is how you say his Anthony, name. Anthony Anthony uh, Anthony Bovillier, a uh, first round pick first that's round pick top that's... twelve projected, and then Aturati, who was a first round pick a couple years back. Second rounder, second rounder projected. Was he, oh well, was he officially the like first of the yeah, second was... round? I think he was thirty fifth overall. Yikes, he was once projected to be the first overall pick. But so so a little bit of background. That was kind of the trade market that got established for superstar players. And also let's remember 
Bo Horvat expires. What is it after next year? I believe after this Jesus, year? his contract this expires. Year? Okay. Yeah. So his contract is over. He this doesn't year. expire. <laughs> Someone mean, expired today. We'll get into that one too. Oh, we'll be Oof. talking about that. In a bit. <laughs> what a segue. Oh boy. We're buzzing today, boys. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that that might be the most savage segue I've, we've had Holy on this cow. show. No, no, <laughs> we're not we're not segueing yet. I should have saved that one for later. I mean, it came out so naturally; it was perfect. But no, Jordan, I'm with you. The thinking of talking about, I know it's wild to start Hawks news with a non-Hawks trade, but I think this is natural in the progression we've had discussing Kane and Taze and their potential time getting up to the trade deadline as trade pieces, potentially. Uh, Bo Horvat has been, as the entire year has gone on and contract negotiations have not been, you know, pretty between the Vancouver Canucks and Bo Horvat, that plus the state of the franchise, it was very evident that a trade was incoming to move their captain Bo Horvat, uh, who was also having a phenomenal, you know, year with goals and points. Uh, this is the interesting thing that ties it to Kane and Taze. He was the, one of the first players that we've seen moved this year that is going to be a UFA at the end of the year. So he's not going to have his rights controlled by the team. Uh, theoretically, if he doesn't sign an extension with the Islanders, he could walk in free agency. So the risk, of course, is the Islanders, until there's a contract in place, this could be a pure rental for this year. With that in mind, they have set the trade market value for a a star center at a a roster player, a top prospect, and a first round pick. And the exciting thing about that is when we then look at Kane and Taze, Taze, theoretically, the center market is already set with that price. That helps us raise a little bit with Jonathan Taze if we retain some salary. You know, suddenly we have a little bit of a picture of the parameters of what we think a trade could look like. Patrick Kane is not a center, but he is that difference maker. If he's the person on a, keep in mind, uh, the Islanders are two points out of a playoff spot right now. Mm-hmm. And that's what they felt it was worth to grab Bo Horvat, a legitimate playoff team that thinks Kane could be the difference maker that puts them over the top. Suddenly the market is set on what value is there. I don't know. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, no, uh, just to quickly touch on Bo Horvat more. Yeah, I please. Don't wanna, I don't want to gloss over it just because it, it's the first blockbuster trade of the season. Yeah, uh, it's finally getting the ball rolling. But that, like you said, this is the market setter now. Um, Lou Lamarolo, I know a lot of GMs and probably owners out there are probably pissed that he's the one setting the market. I've already seen some reports come through yeah. like that. So I know they're not happy with the market being set this early. Uh, and that's only going to put teams in a panic mode when it comes close to the trade deadline. It's like, oh, my God, like they gave up that much for Bo Horvat. He's on an expiring deal. I do want to get in. I know, I know Canucks fans aren't really – uh, overwhelmed with the return, they are very well, I guess. But um, Bo Bohor- uh he's on he's on pace for fifty goals, eighty seven points this season. Phenomenal player, and but the key is he's a UFA. UFAs, I mean, usually when you see this kind of trade made, if you're giving up future assets like this, 
you would think there's an extension in place. Like, but that's why maybe there wasn't multiple first round picks included because there's no extension uh, in the works right now. Uh, we could always see that be made after the deadline or closer or after the season's over. But uh, now that when it, now translating it to over to Kane, I think the Canucks were in a worse spot than the Blackhawks are when it comes to making this move. I think Kane is more than welcome, more than happy. If the Hawks are like, Hey, we want you back. He'll resign. Like if I they agree. don't get what they want, we'll resign Kane for another year. Maybe kick the can down the road for another year. Bo Horvat was not going back to the Canucks. They were not on the same page. And th- quite frankly, this is the move they had to make. And I don't think they were able to get the most. And I think they kind of rushed it. They could have got a little more as time got closer. I think they kind of rushed it because they just need a, a culture change and everything like that. So that's one part of it. As for the center market, Jonathan Taze is now the second best center probably I, available. I think that's probably a fair statement. Yeah. If not the first, yeah. like Ryan O'Reilly is probably number one that's going to be available left. left and I think available. he's available. I mean, it goes Ryan O'Reilly and Jonathan Taze. Teams are going to overpay for a center. I know Jonathan Taze is not a shell of what he was, but the center position is the most valuable position besides goaltending when it comes to the playoffs. And here's the yeah. thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna build on that. Like, I think Ryan O'Reilly is going to be a phenomenal number one or number two center. I think teams are going to be looking at picking up Jonathan Taze as a number two, number three center. That said, we've seen in the past so many times teams moving. I mean, we got Vermette a few years back for a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, third line center for us. Yeah, he was our third line center. I think it is realistic if we retain salary, which why wouldn't we to sweeten the pot? Uh, I think a first round pick at this point is realistic for Jonathan Taze. Maybe not a prospect, maybe not a player, but I think with the way the market is set, Jonathan Taze at at five mil. I think is a for I think a first round pick is not unrealistic. And certainly if there's a third party involved to launder that other, you know, to get him down to like two, you know, 2.5 mil, I've, first round pick I think is actually very reasonable for Taze now. What about you guys? What do you think on the other side from looking at the outsider's view, we have yeah. hopes up for what the market could look like for a Kane or a Taves, but as for what you guys see when a elite forward who you're just talking about, maybe Bo Horvat to the Red Wings, obviously that move is made. What do you see the market shaping up out to be now? I think Kane is the bigger haul because Kane oh, yeah. is a game-changing player, of course. Um, and I know there was a trade that we kind of hinted at that was talked about for the Rangers um, for Kane. And I think that is a pretty reasonable trade. You need to give some pretty decent pieces and picks for him. Taves is the harder one for me because, yes, he is a center, but he missed an entire season, not last year, was it? Or was it two years ago? No. I think it was two years ago was the season he missed. Yeah. Two years ago? Yeah. Last season, he didn't look great from what I remember. And this season, he's been okay. Um, would a change of scenery be different? Maybe. Um, I think you could at least get a first for him, depending on like the salary and everything like that. But 
anything else with it i'm not sure like maybe other smaller picks but i don't know what do you think jordan I mean, obviously Kane is the big haul. It's no question about it. He's going to absolutely get the way bigger return than of the two. We've talked about it already, the potential of like just him going to play with Artemi Panarin again in New York, what kind of return that would look like. I think the real question comes down to when you're trading Kane somewhere, what, like, who's the player that you want back in return? I think that's really the big question that the Hawks should be asking is, well, what is the player that you're wanting back in return? And like, is the team that you're going to trade him to, how much of a cap bind is that team in? Because the Blackhawks are automatically going to get a first from any team they're going to trade him to. I don't, I can't see a world where you don't get at yeah. least a first plus for Patrick Kane. No. Yeah, that, that's a, I mean, that's a good transition right there, Jordan, because uh, there was a Kane speculation trade going on, right? Uh, that John Scott kind of, I mean, believe it all of all players, John Scott. I know. Oh, I, uh, no, I love John Scott. I think, and I think he has some insiders inside the league and knows what they're looking for. And he's also played with Kane. Like yeah. he's got an interesting perspective playing on a couple different teams and playing with these guys in the league. Yeah. And, and the, uh, he stated that if in a trade with the Rangers, you're, <laughs> you want to get one of Alexi, Alexis Lafreniere or Capocaco. And that's that's where it starts with one of those players, and it. you get a first round pick with them, yes, um, mm-hmm. because their kid line is kind of under underwhelming. I I could see it. I think that's what you should be aiming for is Kako or Lafreniere. I but I wouldn't be shocked if the Hawks end up with like a crafts off. In a I first. was I was gonna bring that up. I think the possibility of seeing a first maybe a second and uh Kravtsov is more realistic than a first and Lafreniere or a first in Capo or Capo Caco. I think a first, either a first, second and Kravtsov or a first Kravtsov and a third or something like that. Uh, Cause they have been back and forth again. I love the Rangers when I'm not watching the Hawks, I'm watching the Rangers. Uh, they have been, they have struggled for a couple years to find that spot. You know, Vitaly Kravstov wants to play. They didn't have a real role for him. They, you know, he went, you know, back to Russia for a year. He comes back. He's, you know, they're butting heads because there's not a spot for him. I think moving Kravstov solves a problem that I don't think the Rangers know how to solve because they're, they're overloaded right now with people. If they can move him and maybe a first, I think that throwing in a second or a third to solve that headache and to give more time to Lafreniere and Kako Kako pays off for that. Yeah. That's the only thing like that's I'm on point. I, I'm, I agree with that because like, you're going to have to kick in more like crash off in a first doesn't get it done. No. It doesn't get it done because you 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 look at the uh, Claude Giroux trade last season. He got traded to Florida for a first, Owen Tippett, and there was another piece to it, right? I want to say it was – yeah, there was another piece to it for sure. Yeah. And that's and, sort of what I'm basing it off of is yeah. the Claude Giroux trade. And Owen Tippett is a – he was a phenomenal prospect. He, he, I mean, he's still – I still think he's got top six potential for sure. Oh, yeah, he absolutely does. He's still young. He was a top ten pick. I think – you aim for, I mean, you look at that Kane 
by I mean, yeah, the bias is there. Drew is a hell of a player. Kane is three times the player Drew is. Kane, Kane is a, di- a proven difference maker that can elevate the line that he's on in a way Claude Giroux, like Claude Giroux is phenomenal. Kane is different. Kane, Kane is still the one A guy on his line. Giroux, I think. Holy cow! Giroux, yeah. I think, is like the two on his line, which is still good. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. That's that's great to be a two on a top six line. But Kane is a one A. You put him. You put him with talented players. Like he 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 puts passes on your stick that nobody else could. You you put him with a guy like Panarin that can finish that stuff. It's worth it in my that's that's hand over fist worth it. So I think you still could get a first with a struggle uh, with a struggling Kako or a struggling Lafreniere. I think it's Agreed. more than I think it's more than reasonable. Do the Rangers do it? I don't know, but I think that's what the Blackhawks need to come out fu- guns a blazing for, and maybe like a fourth or a minor prospect involved in that. You know, the thing is, though, and I think a lot of people aren't really taking this into consideration when they talk about a player like, you know, Lafreniere, for example. Let's not forget here, like, New York did not plan to get Alexi Lafreniere. No. Like, that was purely a mistake pickup by them. Like, that was one of those weird things where they didn't intentionally race to the bottom to get a player like that. They were, they were like, like 13th. Yeah. yeah, like, they were basically gifted a player like him. So, I mean, you obviously don't want to say management doesn't have attachment to him. But it was one of those, it was accidental asset collection. It was one of those things where you did nothing to earn this player realistically in like standings and tanking stuff like that. But your management didn't plan on having that player. So do they have like the, this is a piece of our team in 10 years from now? I don't know if they do because I think they're still trying to win right now when they've still got uh, Kreider. They still have Adam Fox. They've still got Panarin. They've still got Shesterkin. They've still got all of these players. Keandre Miller. I mean, Keandre Miller has come into his own and he's found a whole new gear. Sorry, Jordan. It's exciting. But like, if you, I think if you asked Rangers management and Rangers fans, would are you would you rather have Lafreniere in ten years or would you rather have a cup right now because we acquired Patrick Kane? I think they'd rather have the cup right now. A hundred percent. Oh, easy. A hundred percent. I think the Rangers fans would do it. And I, Jordan, you actually talked me into it a little more too because, like, like you said, yeah, it was a fortunate, a fortunate fall. Like, oh wow, we just got gifted the number one overall pick. <laughs> The, you the, you, you got to take right. advantage while your window's open. The the only thing I would think of is if I'm Rangers management, you could theoretically have a top six with Patrick Kane on it and still have that third line, that kid line that the Rangers call it, of uh, Keitel, uh, Kako, and Lafreniere. Kravtsov does not want he's 23 he feels like he's ready to be top six like i think you can get away with another year of that kid line as your third line if you've got patrick kane in that top six and then figure it out from there i think crafts i i still think that if i'm the rangers adding a second an additional second round pick to move him on top of the deal makes more sense and it doesn't i think the hawks would be thrilled to have uh another top six kid that's actually you know 
on the way up and whatnot, but and and we give him the spot. It's like, dude, that's the other thing. Like, Kratzoff still has plenty of time to actually oh my God, yeah. and get there with the contending team. You you put him on a line right now in the top six and just let him go wild. You throw Reichel up, you throw all that stuff. He gets hit. Everybody gets what they want, theoretically. Uh, and we still get a first round pick and then maybe, maybe a second or a third. Like, I would love Lafreniere. I would love Kako. I just, I just don't know it. You're cause you're right. They didn't plan on getting the first overall pick. They didn't plan on getting the third overall pick, but it would be wild to move on from one of those, especially when that line is playing really, that's like cemented your third line right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, from that building standpoint, I, I, I don't know if I'd move them. And if yeah. I'm Davidson, I'm going to try and find it's like playing Jenga. What's yeah. the loose one? It, it's it's really tough. I mean, because like we we've seen the Rangers struggle scoring offensively. Like it's it's essentially how desperate will you get to get this guy who's a proven cup winner? Proven he shows up in the playoffs year after year after year. Whenever he's in there, he is your best player in the playoffs. It, it is going to come down to like listen, we know your struggles. Like this kid line, is it going to hold up in the playoffs? Can they play big boy hockey? That's a good, yeah. Can they play big boy hockey? Like they're going to get desperate. And I think Davidson should, I think Patrick Kane should, it's tough because I know I always shit on Bowman for making the last second or making last second trades at the deadline. But I think, I think Patrick Kane, you should hold out to the very last possible second to move when it comes to deadline day. Because you should be trying to milk whatever you can, and whoever would and you leverage teams against each other. Whatever oh, yeah. team gives you the best offer, he's yours. I think Lou Lamarilla did us a huge favor. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, <laughs> David, you haven't like. What do you think? Like, I'm just processing. I. It's tough because it's, it's such- like it's a double-edged sword. Like, like you guys said, would you want to win a cup right now? Like, but that's the thing. I want to win next not, year too. Like, you may not, you may, you may not win it. Like, the Stanley yeah. Cup is one of the Stanley Cup is one of the hardest trophies to win in all sports. And you can have a ridiculously stacked team, but things don't always go your way. I mean, Edmonton has a very offensive powerhouse team with McDavid, Drysdale, Nugent Hopkins, all of them, they can't get out of the first round. The Rangers came close last year. I mean, they went – did they go seven with – They went to the conference finals. They went, Did they go seven, though, with Tampa? Did they go to seven? Mm, no. I think it was six. Six and or five. got some all-star goaltending. Yeah. I mean, you got – you you have the pieces there. But – what do you give up for Kane? And like we said, like you may not win it. And that, that'd be a lot to give up. Um, Lafreniere and Kako are like your building blocks for the future. Like you got Panarin, you got Kreider, you got these guys, but those two are like your future stars. They're third line now, but they will be first line in the coming years. But will the Rangers ah. have all the players in five years to take advantage of those guys being? Yeah, that's the thing. Well, Gary Bettman likes to gift them picks, so you never know. I will say it's tough knowing 
I think Kreider's got like four or five years left on his deal. Uh, Panarin, Panarin still has a, a couple of years deal. left on his deal. Zibanejad has a big Truba, uh, Fox just signed his deal. Uh, who knows? Shesterkin's got a couple of years on his very friendly deal before it goes into another deal. Uh, this might be it. like this is the window. But to your point, David, I agree with you in the sense of I don't know if I would move on from Lafreniere and Kako because there are guys that you phase out and bring others in, et cetera. Uh, I, I think whichever one we get, whether it's Lafreniere, again, talking as if this is going to happen. If it does happen, uh, I think we are going to get one of Kravtsov, Kako, or Lafreniere, and it's whichever one they think is the redundancy. Do they think that Lafreniere is just a young Chris Kreider? If so, you move on from him uh, because you've got Chris Kreider. You're, you're locked into that for a couple of years. Which one is going to be the, do you already have that person? And that's, that's the, that's the impossible question. Yep. But I'm going to, I'm going to piggyback off that now though. All right. We just talked about those contracts that are long-term. Yeah. About these veteran contracts that are long-term. How do you develop, how do you turn Lafreniere and Kako into these top six forwards? They're log jammed. They're log jammed into third line roles. I agree. Yeah, no, that's true. I I don't think they re-sign Kane. I think Kane walks in the off season. I, I think that if they trade for Kane, it is one shot. I don't see them re-signing him because of their log jam. Yeah, it, it, it's such an interesting, it's such a fascinating scenario. I mean, because hey, can, you move Kane, you say, hey, go try to win this year. You pull us over, Matt. You just got first round picks. You got either Lafreniere, Kako, or Krasov, and maybe a shot at Bedard. And Kane's like, oh, I could go play with those two studs. I could go make these guys into something back in Chicago. He pulls over, Matt. Especially if Taze doesn't get traded. Or, you know, he could go to the team that the best team on Lake Michigan. And that's no, you know, I want to throw a real wrench in he the see, plans. He, see, he sees his buddy Kubelik. He sees his buddy Pia Suter. He's like, oh, they're having a good time. I'll go have a Pia Suter is gone. Don't talk like him. He's part of your <laughs> Get out. Yeah. I will say, <laughs> Buffalo is only one point theoretically out of the Eastern wild card. Uh, if we see a spike in Buffalo in the next coming weeks, where are we? Do we I know we're not in it. Oh yeah. You're seventh like out of 10. We've when had it a little bit of a wild drop. card. Uh, I mean, it's something Conference I never thought I'd say so deep. Buffalo is an option for Kane at this point. Could you, you imagine think- him playing with Tage Thompson and like Jeff Skinner? It would be phenomenal. Skinner. But like, I don't think, I don't think Buffalo has that prospect pool anymore, though. No, like I'd want Dylan guy, Cousins. I don't think they move him though. They that, won't move Dylan. Yeah, Cousins. yeah, you're right. They don't have the pieces that we would want. Like their pieces are part of their core now. Like it's their actual core. Whereas with the Rangers, they're still they're like, out. Yeah. They're in there, but like they're not like when you think Rangers, you don't go 
oh, Lafrenia and Kako. You go, oh, Panarin, Zabinijad, Adam Fox, Gunnar Miller. The list goes on and on. Yeah, you, name, Kreider, you, name yes. every, you name everybody, but you Chesty. name like six, seven guys before that. Jesus, yeah. Chesty really it's, it's such a fascinating <laughs> scenario. And, and I know I do the countdown every week, but it's like, what, five weeks now? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got February. February starts in two days, and it's that's it until what March third is the deadline. Yeah, we've got the shortest month of the year coming up, and that's it. So I, another- I do want to say on the trade side, I thought it was interesting. I found out today, uh, Jake McCabe has a seventeen no trade clause. There is one Canadian team that's not on that trade no trade clause list. Toronto. Toronto. That what yeah, do they need? They need. Yeah, I, I, I see one trade speculated. I don't want to ha- hammer too much on it. I know um, because we, I think everybody might have seen it, but, but Matthew Nyes, who I think, you still there, Nick? Uh oh, did he? Hello, did, hello? there he is. Hey, all right, Tim, just take it away. Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. Yeah, no, the, the Jake McCabe trade, I think, is really, in, or the D- Jake McCabe no trade clause is interesting because I know Edmonton was interested in him, but said, I don't think that he wants to come to Edmonton. Uh, yeah, Toronto's the only Canadian team not on his no trade clause list. And the fact that he own, that he has two years left on his deal, we could theoretically retain half that salary for two years. We're going to need to get to the cap floor anyway. It's a four, it's a four mil deal. We trade him to Toronto two mil a year for two years. Holy cow. I think a prospect in a second round pick is a real, like for that sort of cost certainty for a true shutdown defenseman that could enhance your line like that. When Toronto has desperately needed defense and with Jake Muzzin out, yeah, like that's yeah. a realistic one for me. No, yeah. I, the one trade I've seen floating around that's been, I think a lot of people are kind of toying with is Matthew Nyes and a first for McCabe and Lafferty. And I think that trade is the most logical move that the Toronto like Blues can make. I can get down with that. Now, in that trade setting, do you retain any salary on Jake McCabe? I mean, you yes. have to. Toronto's against the yeah, cap. Yeah, like. I think you're right. Yeah, that's a good point. But I love oh, Lafferty yeah. to Toronto. I think he's exactly the player that Toronto needs, frankly. Uh, and then to have Jake McCabe that fills that hole, like I, I would love to see that move. Yeah, if you're getting a first, you're you're you retain salary and you throw in Lafferty. Too much fun. It's going to be so much fun watching the wire this, like this next month. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yeah. We're going to be watching it. It was so exciting to see a big trade break before the show. Cause it usually happens. It always when you happens the day off. after. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that said, I feel like we've been sort of like Detroit. Do you have your eyes on any trade talk right now? Now that, cause I know we talked about Bo, Bo Horvat a bit. I still wonder if Elias Pettersson is a realistic option for you guys if Vancouver really does tear it down? It's a good question. I don't know. The only thing rumors I've heard is like Bertuzzi. Like, are we going to trade Bertuzzi? Are we going to re-sign him? I don't really know because I don't know what's going on right now with the team. 
But Jordan, what about you? I mean, like Bertuzzi is obviously the one that we've got to be talking about if it's anybody who's going to mm-hmm. get like sizable return on the trade market. And it sucks because like he hasn't had the year this year that you would want to have moving into free agency with him where you would have max value, but like on in would trade for him. Like I actually think he'd be really good on the Carolina Hurricanes. So you just, just he's gritty. He's able to like just play really dirty. Not not dirty like dirty like ugly, but dirty like right, not not sloop very stuff body like that, but, physical yeah. game. Which is something that I think Carolina lacks. Um I think Toronto lacks it too, but Toronto cannot afford that price for a player. Just like I said, they're so ridiculous to get yeah. against the cap. They can give us Austin Matthews. It'll be fair. <laughs> Straight swap. I think Bertuzzi has got to be one that like the wings are actively looking to shop at this point. I mean, you can't obviously hold a guy going to arbitration against him. Cause every player's they're allowed that right. Just per the CBA. But when you've gone to arbitration twice and you're coming up on UFA status, I just I do kind of wonder if he really wants to be here long term with the wings. And if Steve Eiserman looks at him and says, Yeah, he's still a long term piece here, even though it seems like there's always a struggle to get a contract figured out. Yeah. Yeah, I wanna uh I mean you made the point about he's not having the season you'd want as a trade value piece, but Neither was Mantha when you guys got that return for him. Yeah. yeah, that's a good point. Like I know, I know Verana hasn't. Granted, he's he's gone through his stuff. I, I we're not going to touch on that part, but he hasn't been with the Red Wings. I know he for long. He scored a goal last night. That's good. That's a good. That's real beaut. But I I know it hasn't. His part of that trade hasn't amounted to what his expectations were coming in. But you still that was still a haul. When you when that trade first went down, yeah, I think you. I think Bertuzzi's the more. I think Bertuzzi's more proven than Verona has ever been, or not Verona. Matha Matha yeah. was like Matha yeah. had one very big season, and then it kind of it was like a slow trajectory downward after that, and then some parts it just was rock bottom real quick. But mm-hmm. um, I I think Bertuzzi's still. I think Bertuzzi could get you a still pretty big haul, even though. He hasn't been playing up to his standards, and I'm sure Red Wings fans' standards as well. Um, but I think he could still get you a pretty decent haul for what not what you guys got for Matt. And you got Stevie Y. Like you're not going to win a trade with Stevie Y. The the poor. I feel bad for Bertuzzi just knowing he's been out most of the year with injuries that are freak injuries. Again, whenever a, a hockey play, you know, sometimes it's a hip, and it's like, oh, that's a thing. But to break a hand come back, break the other hand. Like that's just such a freak thing that he's been out for. Like, I think now that he's back, if he can maintain a little bit and like, if he's healthy down the stretch and he's moved at the trade deadline, I think that is your number one trade piece. Uh, I guess the question is, what do you want for him? Like, Mm. are you like first round picks? Cool. But it would be to a contending team. Is that really where you're at? Would you rather have a play? Would you rather do a hockey trade? And even I, then, if it's like a sign, like a trade and sign or a sign, like something like that, what is the return that you think is actually going to benefit the wings? Cause I, I think trading Bertuzzi opens up. I've talked all year about, I think you've got a log jam of players and I don't know what your real roster looks like. Yeah. 
you move on from Bertuzzi and get something back, what is it? I mean, I'd be happy if the Wings moved Bertuzzi for a real roster player and a second and third round draft pick. Like I by, by real roster player, do you mean a like someone who prospect? we know for sure can play at can, like hundred percent can play metal six minutes? Okay. What about? I mean, you guys mentioned Carolina Natchez. Has Natchez been popping off or Marty Natchez? I love Marty Natchez, but I know that's a center, so that's a tough trade to make. You got um, so many centers. Uh, yeah, it's such a t- it's such a predicting a hockey trade is so tough. If you could find a place that has maybe a like a top four defense or like a middle pairing defenseman that's on the outside, that's that's what I would go with. Maybe some, maybe uh, even like a McCabe, honestly, or like a Murphy retained, like Martin Hs. He's uh, listed as a right wing. I think he can play both. Yeah. He's it's like for Hagee. He's where... only like 24, I think. 24 oh, yeah. years old, yeah. No, Natchez is great. Um, I don't know if they, I mean, and they're sort of up against, I know that there was concerns that they weren't going to be able to sign him in the offseason, that they got a deal done was a big deal. I feel like if Detroit's going to pick up a guy like um, Martin Natchez, so they're going to have to send pro- either like prospects or draft capital the other well, way since Natchez still is under contract right now. You can. Yeah, you have the ability to. I'm trying to think of what Carolina really needs. The, I, Carolina's biggest issue in the playoffs for the last couple of years is they have the skill. They don't, they don't have, have the grit. They don't have the body. Bertuzzi brings that grit. Because they've got Jordan Martinuk who can do it, but like he's also a fourth line, like as a bottom six guy. Bertuzzi in your top six. And that's the thing, like the Wings, if they retain like two million on him, Bertuzzi for two million dollars, no team in the league, I think, would be mad with that. No, you couldn't be. I think I think Bertuzzi's gonna be in a mood like we've seen uh who was it? Was it Trocheck a couple years ago where it was like a straight up hockey trade? That's what I think. I think like I think a, a hockey trade makes the most sense for the Red Wings with this because Trocheck was traded to Carolina, right? Mm-hmm. It, he went from Florida to Carolina. That's, it. That's yeah. exactly it. And then he signed with the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. And, but that was like a straight up hockey trade. That was one of my favorite moves at the deadline. I know we were like we were a young podcast at the time. Like that was my favorite move. I love that. Uh, um, I think we see something like that. See something along the works of a true hockey trade where the Wings are going to get a young guy who has not who is either on rfa years or maybe even on elc but he has already showed nhl promise i think we're gonna get a trade like that because i think the wings are kind of over their prospect game now like now they need a young guy to kind of be like the face of the franchise besides larkin mm-hmm. and cider true this is kind of juicy what if they move Tyler Bertuzzi to the Kings in exchange for somebody like Alex Turcott, a really young center? I, I think that's I think that's taking too much of a gamble. And I I, I don't know if that makes your team better. Uh, that said, uh, Sean Sean Dersey. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think you guys, if you can turn Bertuzzi into a top six four or into a top four defenseman 
that I'm that I think is your is your best move. So what you're saying is we need to trade him to you guys for Connor Murphy plus picks, and then you guys flip Bertuzzi for more picks. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not, like, I like, yeah, like if you had a team that was out of it, like maybe the Ducks, maybe I'm trying to think of any team right now that like actually has a defenseman like that to spare. But like, if you could get a top four defenseman for Bertuzzi, that is the only thing. Cause you've got Raymond is only getting better. I, uh, Verona coming back, you know, getting, building himself back up. I think that's phenomenal. Like, let's consider this a lost year, but mm-hmm. uh, injuries, all that jazz to position yourself into next year. That's what I think is going to put you hell. If you've got to move, if you've got to move Edvinson with, you know, to get a top four defenseman, you do it. So maybe, I don't know. I, I I think that's the only way that it doesn't continue the issue that you've got of what are your forwards? Edmondson I, 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 I love Edmondson. Ooh. Did you see his goal last night? It's it's great, but like sooner or later, you're gonna have the, the New York Rangers problem. Yeah. I think Edmondson for Chicken would be nice, but uh yeah, oh, I I for I that's exactly it. If you could do Bertuzzi, yeah, something like that. If you could be in on Chetrin, that's the way to go. It's such an interesting approach. I think we're both, I, I think both of our teams are interesting spots. I think obviously one of Kanate is going to be moved. I think Bertuzzi is going to be moved. I think we're going to have a very interesting show uh, that Monday so after excited. trade deadlines finish. Um, it's going to be an exciting time. And, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a lot of probably eulogies from us Hawks oh, fans yeah. and maybe a eulogy or two from, the Red Wings are Red Wings side, but uh, speaking of eulogies, <laughs> speaking of eulogies, uh, Nick, you want to take that one away? He, I mean, he's already away. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Oof. that's good. Man, this is such a con- like. Wait, did you guys want to? Did you guys? Did you guys want to swap or change subject yet? Or I mean, I'm. I think we've talked we, trades we've talked and like trades potential and opportunities on the ground. well again i'm gonna translate out that speaking of into the ground bobby hull died i Uh, this is a weird one right nick like as a hawks fan you're you're in a weird position because on one hand there's this absolute legend holds a ton of hawks records he won the cup in the dark ages of the hawks like him and Stan Makita before Kane and Taze, that was it. That was the franchise. Like as a hockey player, there was no one quite like the golden jet, but then he's a terrible person, like well-documented abuser, like beat his wife. Racist. He's well-documented. Yeah. Racist, anti-Semite. Uh, he's, said some terrible things and he's never apologized. In fact, he's doubled down on a lot of it. Like that dude has a statue like it. And I talked about this a little bit before the podcast, you know, I've heard all, you know, for years I've been hearing with different things, whether it's celebrities or athletes or, well, you can separate the sport from the person or, you know, what they do, you know, their talent from the person, you know, 
my issue with that is we don't do it before things are bad. We we glorify, we deify these people. It's hero worship, you know. Bobby, your 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 kids grow up wanting to be Bobby Hull. He's an icon. He's a hero, and then you find out this same hero uh, said some really terrible things and holds very terrible beliefs. Uh, has physically abused his wife, and then when asked about it later, double down on it. Like I I don't want to repeat a lot of the stuff on this podcast, but I encourage you to look it up if you're listening. We are dealing with. He, I mean, he also yeah, said. Uh, he also said um, Hitler had some good ideas. Yeah, and went a little too far. That's so, um, that's the one that I always think of, and it's really how do I celebrate somebody that said that don't. believes that stuff? I, I you can't. You don't do it. You don't. I, yeah, it. I am. Mm. I mean, it's one thing to say, yes, this was a phenomenal hockey player. He did a lot of, a, a, he scored a lot of points, but I wouldn't say he like was great for the game because if anything, it goes back to the issue that we're trying to fix in hockey culture now. Like it's a complicated world to process as this guy leaves a very checkered history. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's such a tough topic to talk about because obviously we were talking before show and it's like, this is who our our parents idolize or grandparents idolize yeah. on the ice. And like this, it, this was their Patrick Kane. This was their John the Taze, him and Makita were those players for the, like our families growing up. A hundred percent. But now, but like not even now, like not now, but like you can't separate the, art from the artist or whatever the phrase goes like i think scott power said it best bobby hole dead 80 84 85 whatever the age was phenomenal hockey player terrible human being and it's like that's what he is he he tarnished he tarnished what he could have been by just being the person he was off the ice and i don't think you could celebrate a life like that i i i like I, i said it myself on twitter i was like I, you can't say rest in peace to someone that was as terrible as a human no. being as Bobby Hall is. Yeah. And yeah. had no, would never, never repented, never had any, made any apology, never, never once looked and said, you know what, maybe I wasn't in the right. Like, I don't know. I, I have no space for that. Yeah. I mean, you could, obviously, I'm going to wish condolences to oh my God, his, his family. family. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but it, look up some of these things that about him. I think his family probably are okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a no, I know. Dangling, dangling his wife off of a balcony after beating her with a steel-toed shoe. I mean, screw yourself. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's the stuff though. Like I, I, I encourage people to sit and think a little bit and be uncomfortable. It's okay to be uncomfortable as you're working through something like that. I've been sitting in it all day. Like I love the Hawks. This dude was a terrible human being. And I have to, yeah. uh, now I, now it's my job to like re- work with that. Like that's a terrible place to be. Yeah. Oh no. Sitting oh, I, I, Yeah. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm anti against whatever, everything that he's said and done in the past 
screw that. I mean, family, I condolence with them. I know it, it's a loved one to them. Right. So Exa- exactly. It's tough. Yeah, you, you hope the families. T- yeah. Yeah. For Brett Hall and everybody else, I condolences to, to for the tough times you're going through. But as for respecting a player that our former Hawks legend on the ice, uh, I, I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do. I mean, I was thrilled when they removed him from ambassador. Me too. I, ambass- that was a big ambassadors deal. are supposed to be good for the game. Mm-hmm. And he was not good for the game at all. So, no. uh, yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's really nothing else I could say about that. Uh, a really good hockey player, but a terrible person has died today at 85. And I'm going to leave it at that. Cause yeah, I, I, I think I that's it. I mean, we're a, we're a half Hawks podcast. It'd be crazy not to discuss that as Hawks news, but I think we have given it all the air and attention that it needs. So, yeah. I do kind of want to ask one question and I yeah, feel like please. it's actually kind of relevant to this discussion. Obviously the Hawks after like, I mean, it's not directly tied to it, obviously, but like after the Kyle Beach incident, the Hawks have specifically said they're really trying to change the culture of the club and the organization, stuff like that. Given the fact that Bobby hole is dead now, do you think at some point they take the statue down or take his number out of the rafters and say, you know what? This doesn't line up at all with what we're trying to do. I I, I feel could like that's see, a fair question. No, it's a very fair question. I could see taking the statue down, leaving the number up. I'm trying to think of realistically, if we really want to do a bunch of mental gymnastics. I could see the justification for leaving the number retired, but it's one thing to have a number in the rafters where, you know, it's, you know, you see it, but it's, it's there, but it's another thing to pass a glorified statue of a person walking into the United center. As we push for hockey is for everyone. It's, I think they could remove the statue now that he's gone. I think it'd be an uproar from a certain section of the fan base. Uh, I don't know, Nick, what are your thoughts on this? No, I think, I I think the statue eventually does come down. That's a very good question, Jordan. I think it does come down. I think it comes down. um, It's not going to be immediate. No, I do think the, uh, the franchise is trying to change in a different direction. I think when it's all said and done, when Kane and Taze step away from the game, and they have a statue to replace the one that's been iconically in front of the United Center for a long time. I think that's when you see that statue taken down. It's like, hey, it's a new team. I think you keep Makita. I could see them do like a Hawks through the eight. Like you have Makita, you've got Kane and Taze, you've got, you know, Keith Magnuson, you know, like different faces or something like that. I don't know. Uh, I, I would be shocked though. If the statue at some point doesn't come down. I was just curious. Cause like, I mean, like you said, the Hawks have really tr- like said, like they're trying to do like a major sh- culture shift within their Which organization. And was when he was sort of shifted out as an ambassador. Yeah. Uh, like... I don't know. It, 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 it It's going to go away. It's going to go away. It's just going to take some time to get rid of it. I've never heard. The only reason I don't think they would unretire his jersey 
is because I've never heard of a number being unretired. And I just don't know if we're going to be the trendsetters to do yeah. it. Like I feel like I mean, statues are one thing you can like switch things out. I, I, have you ever heard of a number being unretired? No, I don't think I know. There's probably, there probably is an example, but yeah. Uh, but like, I, I numbers are like a figurative, a figurative thing. Like yeah. it's not cement. It's not a cement. I mean, yeah, it's on a jersey. Um, I think it, they. I think it's it, less it, a big deal than the statue, personally. Yeah, a statue is you're immortalizing someone. So I was especially just if you pass all. through them. Oh. But no, like I said, I, was, I, I felt like it was a valid question. Just it's a great question. Like this is like this. It's news now. Like it's. It's something that I, I kind of think people should, I mean, I do think it's something that I think a lot of people have got to have in the back of their minds at some point now. Um, I don't have anything else on the show docket. Do you guys have anything else? Nick had a very important question for us earlier in the day that I have been sitting with and wrapping my head around. Uh, Nick, do you want to extend this question to everyone? Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> last week, if you guys, those who that tuned into last week's episode, Tim brought up a fantastic question that uh, what got us into hockey. And I think it's nice. It's a nice, easy way to light up, like end the show. I mean, obviously there's stuff like news, like we just talked about. that's so tough to talk about. Yeah. We kind of want to go things on a light note. And me and my buddies, we got in a big discussion earlier in a group chat and it, it raised a bunch of debate. It was very controversial, believe it or not. And I love boys, controversy. The question is, rank your top five ways to consume a potato or like style potato. What is your top five in order? Mm. I mean, I've got I've got mine because I've been sitting with it all day. I've been discussing it with Katie. Like I mean, number one, French fries. De- de- debatable. That's not my number one. That's for me. Number one, French fries. All right. So David, your one's French fries. Tim, what's your one? My number one, Lockies. Lockies are top five. I mean, that's yeah. fair. Damn, they're just so good. They're so good. <laughs> you a sour cream guy? Absolutely. Okay. okay, okay. They're both good, but I like sour I cream. Made, I made a buffalo mayo thing with it. I did. Oh, we, we made them recently. It was a treat. <laughs> okay. Jordan, what's your number one? Uh, it's got to be hash browns for me. I love me some hash browns. Oh, hash is okay. a good okay. choice. Like, def- like what version like the mcdonald's like oval shaped hash brown like the, like the little the tiny shredded. like elementary school hash browns okay okay okay, okay. yeah okay, okay. Nick. uh nick all right my number one was the double baked potato okay that's double such baked. a good listen i love a baked potato and truly a, a double baked. i'm gonna say i'm not a big baked potato fan it's not in my top five, but I appreciate now. A th- what, what's your stance on the thrice baked potato? I don't think I've ever had one of those. That sounds dangerous. Yeah. Um, you're just fire. Nick, just- Nick what's your number two? What's snake in it? For the last, like, number Let's one's two, obviously three, four, sure, five. Yeah. 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 Nick, what's your snake for number two? Oh, oh he can't. Okay. All right. That's Jordan. fine. So I mean, obviously, number one for me, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be hash browns. 
Number two is mashed. Number three is fries. Oh, wait. What? Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think just give me your two, okay. three, okay. four, and five. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So two is mashed, three is fries, four is probably baked, and then I don't know what my fifth would be. Okay. I don't. I don't know if I have a five. That's like, fair. Those are about. I think right. the only four ways I eat potatoes. All right, Tim. All right. I know my, so I know obviously, lockies were my number one. Uh, chips are my second. Fries are my third. Tater tots are my fourth and vodka is my fifth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little, little potato vodka. Number one, French fries. Number two, mashed. Number three, mm-hmm. latkes. So good. I'm going to go... Mm, 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 mm. See, because number four... I could say the 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 hash browns that are like the shredded potatoes with like the onions and the fried up. That's sure. basically a latke. Like it's a disassembled latke. You just put it, yeah, exactly. So I'm gonna go tater tots number four, and then number five, the potato chip. It's because a you can do so chip. much of it. Yeah. You can do so much with it. And I just watched the letter kind of episode where they're debating the best chip flavor. I got and emotional. God, I got angry. I needed some air. I got to go take some air. Take us away with yours, Nick. Nick, give it to us. You're the man that started it all. What do you got? All right. At number one, I have the double baked. I think that is a, it, it's a phenomenal a phenomenal treat. I actually had it for lunch today because we were talking about it, and I'm like, I want a double baked potato now. So double baked was one. Two, I went just the traditional baked. I love a I love a, a good old traditional baked. So potato. we got two it's versions good. of baked potato in the top. But two they're for completely Nick. different. No, you're you're right. I just think it's it's good to know. Was mashed or number two? Yes. Okay, I can't remember if I said mashed or not. And mashed was Jordan's number two, if I recall. Yeah, correctly. mashed was my number two. Was it mine too? I did, brother. You shit yeah. You did them. Potatoes. <laughs> I don't know my potatoes. Get your taters in order, bro. Three. I went mashed. Mashed potatoes always a good way to consume. God, I'm the only one that left mashed potatoes off their top five chart. Fourth. Fourth. This is where I'm. I went different. You you guys went the lochty. I'm so excited. I went no. I went noki. Ooh, noki's I, good. I want to p- listen. Good. I do want it on the record. I discussed it with Kate. Again, we are both of Italian descent. We put gnocchi in the pasta cat. You're right. It is It is a potato. Right, it's a like, pasta, too. It's a two. It's a double-edged sword. It's a killer choice. I just want it on record. I didn't abandon gnocchi. In my brain, I put it in a different pocket. Yeah. You no, know, 100%. 100%. We had gnocchi at our wedding. Like, listen. <laughs> love it's it. Good. Gnocchi's good. It's good. What's your number five, uh, Nick? Five. You gotta have fries in there somewhere. So fries you gotta have fries. In can fries we just say? The, can we just say honorable mention pierogies? Pierogies. I, I was discussed yeah. on that, but that's a dumpling. Like yeah. it's potatoes, though. It's potatoes. You're right. No, you're right, and it's so good. If, if we're gonna count gnocchi, if we're gonna count gnocchi, we have to we count can count pierogies. Dump- yes, I agree no, with per- you on that. Pierogies just missed my list. I think fries had to be in there. I do love pierogi chips. Was also an honorable mention. I want to leave. I want to know. Yes. <laughs> 
I love I love a sweet potato. I think it is a completely different game. It's this a is totally just a- different. Sweet potato fries yeah, a- are a godsend. However, it's a different but world. We're talking just the traditional potato. Right. I think next week, if we're gonna keep going potatoes, we have to do our top five fry French fry styles. I mean Arby's. Well, not it isn't like, <laughs> just just Arby's curly. That's it. Do you know what my least favorite? Like, I I am a French fry fiend. I will eat French fries until I'm dead. All right. Like, like I'll keep eating. Like that's why I can't go to Red Robin because they keep bringing them to you. No, the but enablers, frankly. If my least favorite fry, and that's not saying anything because I'll still eat it, steak fry. I'm a big steak fry guy. Oh, hmm. controversial. I love a steak fry. I'm gonna have to sit on that and let that marinate for a yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. Potatoes, they're just, I don't, I think we take advantage of potatoes, guys. I'm, I'm of the Irish heritage and it is a godsend. I think oh, uh, amazing. the biggest fact, debate was that everybody. The, fun what? fact, potatoes are not native to Ireland. It's true. Uh, yeah. The, the Colombian exchange brought them over from the Americas. Well, we just same then, with, uh, same yeah. with tomatoes to the Italians. Yeah. Except then the British took all of the Irish's food, and that's why there the was British, a potato famine. <laughs> and then the British, and then the British took over, you know, India because they realized their food tastes like junk, and they need spice to it. And the British still don't use spice. So what are you gonna do? But it's I, on that, they, yeah, on no, that, I think, all the our, all those talking potatoes has me hungry. It makes me want to go get one going now. On about a free United wow. Ireland. Let's can, go. <laughs> can we find all dressed chips anywhere in the United States? Do I have to go no, to Canada? You got to go to Canada. You can't find ketchup chips. I mean, Amazon, you can buy them, but it's like. Mm. All right. So when we go to the Hockey Hall of Fame as a podcast and we go to Toronto to accept our I'm getting all dressed chips. Yep. We're set. Like for two bags of chips from Ruffles, it's twenty one dollars. Jordan, like, take us home. We're, we're, all we're right. <laughs> I'm hungry. But I actually am getting hungry for some potatoes now, yeah, so I think so I might I. go to McDonald's or something and grab. So. I got a steak and shake Do like it. two blocks from here. I might get some of those real thin fries. Uh, for anybody who's still with us after the potato, uh, the potato ramblings, we appreciate you guys checking out the show and tuning in every week. At the end of the day, the podcast it's for you guys. I mean, we all enjoy it and talking hockey and just having fun, but it's fun when you guys engage and like get a chance to listen to our like our thoughts on it. It's really why we do the show. So feel free to give us a like, follow, share, whatever the social media currency is that you found us on. We're all over the place on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, um, whatever your social media platform, we're probably on there. So feel free to check us out and give us a follow or whatever it is. Again, it helps the show grow and it's it's a good way to in, like interact with us. But for that being said, I was your host for tonight, Jordan Lundscott, and for my co-hosts, Tim Sampanato, David Barnhouse, and Nicola Page. This has been another edition of the Stick Play Podcast. We will check you guys all back here next time. And in the meantime, stay safe and take care of yourselves.